And we are rolling. Da, 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 da. Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And don't do this. Mass movement destined to bear the jeweled crown of geekdom upon its troubled brow. It is we, mass movement's chroniclers, who alone can tell thee of its saga. Let us tell you of the days of geek adventure. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 25 of Mass Movement Podcast, sponsored by Engineer Records. As always, I'm joined by Mr. Tim Kundle. Alright. The Harris to my Biden. <laughs> you, I don't mind that. <laughs> I don't mind self-identifying as, as a female. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> In fact, I'm going down with that. There we go. Uh, we've been uh, squirreling away once more to bring you another great show where we talk in... Amongst other things, uh, Planet of the Apes, something we both are big fans of. We talk about the new Deadpool book, uh, as well as books by the Collar Brothers uh, from Sick and Roll and David Stain. We're taking a deep dive on the, the amazing Guar. Guar! <laughs> First of all, we're both mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Because we're plagued by old man injuries. <laughs> old man injuries. Oh. Okay, so I'll start in the moment I'm going through a bad back phase. Track yeah. nerves, central, rolling around on the floor, trying to, like, work it out. And it's getting worse every day. That bad? Yeah. I don't really... I've, I've been pretty okay up to this point, as far as old man injuries. Yeah. Get aches and pains every now and again when you get out of bed. But, um, yeah, I'm starting to feel it now. 44. Right. I think then. I'm starting to feel it now. My knee's completely shot, as you know. Yeah. Absolutely completely shot. That's from stage side? No, your back is from stage side. Yeah. What's your knee's from? Oh, <laughs> years of being a knob. Um, but I got run over in the same week as I fell off the third floor of a motel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not really right. motel floor. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was really, really pissed all the time. So I just like bounced because I was a teenager and made a brother. Um, did some car surfing the same time I was in the marathon. I got hit by a tree and knocked off a car. <laughs> you said to Forrest as well. Fucking hell. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but usually I just bounce, so I didn't really think much about it. Which is why I got, I got a dent to my head, another injury there. You yeah. see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's one uh, back here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that stitches? Well, that, yeah, that, that stitches there. That's it. There's a. If you do your thing, it's, I'm not trying to be disgusting. I'm just going to finger tip a second. Because it's. Uh, I'm just finding it. What do I think it is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the dent there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's from getting bottled. Oh, is it? Mm. Oh, I got one of those. Yeah. You're a scar by my eye from being bottled. Yeah, but that's. You had it on the front eye. <laughs> <laughs> I got a scar on the back of my head. I've got hair, so you can't see it. But um, yeah. um, when in a, a mosh pit, I had somebody's tooth on my head. Yeah. Um, which was fun. Um, I got a scar on my. I got a lump on my knee there, which fold, folds in. <laughs> when I yeah. fell through, a, I was working on a dilapidated house, helping somebody else. Yeah. And um, I went upstairs and I fell through from the bathroom to the downstairs <laughs> living room. I was straight through the ceiling. Check this out. Oh, of course. That's the shoulder's gone. That one's normal. And this one goes. crunches every time. Oh! Yeah. What's the shoulder from it? Ah, just remember. <laughs> I dislocated it like six times. Um, and I got to a point where I could put it back in. Yeah. And I like, put my shoulder back in. And. But you can do it like, you do it yourself. No, I have to get somebody to help me play because oh. it's really, really painful. You don't do it Mel Gibson style, do you? Oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't. No, I tried to do that once and passed out. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I got Peter to help me do it like years and years and years ago in TJ's and it came out. I had strapped up and it was really loose and it popped out all over there. 
And as I was driving home, um, he had to put it back in, so I had to tell him to hold my arm straight. Yeah. Right, and then pull it, and then I snap back. Oh, Christ. And he nearly puked. <laughs> the baby, yeah. Have you even go back in? I have been there once. Um, so, yeah. Man, brutal. No. What else? So, all these affecting you was like. Oh, as, every, as, every fucking day. As, as, as you reach your. Uh, I mean, it's because it's winter. As you, you reach your 40s. <laughs> as I reach your 40s, yeah. Um, because it's because I get up in the morning really early to walk the dog. Yeah. Because he's fat and he's lazy. <laughs> I gotta get him out. It's really cold in the morning. Yeah. And where we are by the nature reserve, when I walk up along the top there, mm. and I've climbed the top, my knees just start to really crunch and start aching. Yeah. And I just feel like I feel every bastard day. I'm forty eight at this point. Well, would you take back with the stuff you did? Would you take? Oh back? God, not not for a second. If you went Absolutely. like you were time travel, would you still jump off that um, third floor balcony or wherever it was? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Because why not? Like, well, it's all, yeah. well, that's the rationale of the time, isn't it? Why not? Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? It's all experience, isn't it? It's what shoot you. What's happened, what happens then is not bad. Like what happens twenty odd year, twenty eight years down the line. Yeah, that's yeah. what. That's where the trouble lies. Yeah. But you don't think about that when, you, when you're young. You, you don't care. Yeah. Because you know you're just going to spring back up. Yeah. That said, every time I've been in Florida, my knees don't hurt, neither do my shoulders or my hands. Warm weather, yeah. So that's my goal. Retire somewhere warm where I don't hurt. Could you talk to see these prescribed Disneyland people? You know what? <laughs> Disney would be nice two or three times a year, but I couldn't live there. Do you know what I mean? Because it's the way. Because you spoil it, it yeah. Because it, it, it would take some of the thrill away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need like once a year for two weeks, perfect. Yeah, right. Or three weeks, perfect. Or a month. Perfect. That's why you don't go track me, isn't it? It's not that shit. Never. Um, but you know, just somewhere warm like that, somewhere down on the Florida coast, or you know, yeah. What I'm increasingly liking is somewhere in North Carolina, because I know it gets cold during the winter. Yeah. Right. But if you've got a little cabin in the woods there, nothing. You can stock it up. Yeah. Right? And in the summer, you can just sit on the porch, right, and a pair of underpants and a straw hat. And nobody gives it. Nobody's going to give Paint you your banjo. Nobody's going to give you any shit. Yeah. If you put a pair of underpants, right, and I've got a coffee stain rubbed on, and you just <laughs> wear <laughs> proudest punch and just sit there with a bot with an old jack bottle filled with cold tea or some shit. Yeah. Nobody's going to think twice. You're clear country as well. We're clear country. Yeah. Well, I see. I'm I'm quite happy. You know, I'm quite happy to bugger off in the woods by myself and just. <laughs> That's how I spend my time. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good, man. So we just uh, that's what that's what makes you uh, makes us man as hell at the moment, yeah. Yeah, trying to get all up, the injuries. Trying to get up in the morning yeah. <laughs> plagued by old man injuries. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not gonna take this anymore. So we've just come out of a uh, uh, two week lockdown here in Wales. Yeah. How was it for you, man? <sighs> work, work, work and more work. Yeah, I mean it was people were moaning about it, you know, so taking away my liberties, yeah. Cause, well, cause my because the firm I work for, we all work from home anyway. Yeah. Um, it made zero difference, really. You know, yeah. I was in front of the PC at nine in the morning and finishing between any time between six and eight at night. Yeah, same so here. It's, yeah. You know, it's just, it is what it is. I get to write about strange stuff every day. Yeah. So I, I quite enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been, um, it, it obviously clashed with Halloween this year, didn't it? Yeah, Which that was, was kind of sucky. Yeah. Um, Especially kids. Like, yeah, because you used to kids going out about and doing this stuff, and there was no sort of Halloween celebrations or mm. you know making much like years ago. St. Fagans, if anybody doesn't know, St. Fagans is the Natural History Museum of Wales, yeah. which is just uh, the road from Chris, maybe yeah, three miles. Yeah, yeah. St. Fagans is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day out. Yeah, it is. Really is. And when they started doing their Dollar Flower and Christmas lights. Mm. They were superb. Absolutely. Did you go to those as well, yeah? The original ones, yeah. When they had like all the Christmas fairs and stuff. Yeah. So you go in and maybe you go in at midday and you wouldn't leave till late at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everywhere was done like Christmas Eve. You go yeah. to a big house and there was hot roast chestnuts, I think, on sale. Probably Victorian sort of feel to it, wasn't it? Yeah, it was obviously amazing. But now it's all like, ugh, really? It's all about selling Tiffany Santa or, or yeah. you know, fairgrounds yeah. and shit. And it's all lost its magic. And when they did, they when they originally did their Halloween nights, mm. they were superb as well. And then what? Oh mate, they used to do like um, 
put speakers in the trees around some of the old houses so they you know, played ghost noises and there was tours and they did uh, Maui Lloyd and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really good. They had that, that procession of people doing, like, walking and coughing around. It was just Whoa. amazing, man. And it's like that creative, that creative spark and that sort of making it feel special has just disappeared. You know, yeah, trying yeah. Sell it more. Yeah. Uh, you know, whoever's in charge of some packets needs to be dragged outside the back of the place and given a good shirt. I agree. And they just they should just take it back fifteen yeah. years and do it how fifteen, twenty years and do it how it's originally done. It's um yeah, it's a big it's a big money grab at the moment. We, yeah. I think we went to the very last prop on the Nadana Club yeah. about four years ago. And it was we we couldn't wait, we were like, Oh, I can't wait for next year but then they announced it was all different it was on a different scale. They were doing different things different days as opposed to it was all there all the time. The original ones were just amazing. Yeah, yeah. When, you, when you go in the afternoon, like on a Saturday, go in at twelve. Mm. You leave, you know, and there was a good eight hours there, just wandering around, having like turkey sandwiches and yeah, roast chestnuts, and just seeing all the different ways to celebrate Christmas. Because I mean, St. Fagans, the museum itself is a step back in time, anyway. Isn't it? Literally, yeah. all it's all houses and, and farms and the old buildings. So is that, that's just lovely, anyway. The only thing, one thing that really nice about St. Fagans is the time they take to do anything. Yeah. It takes fucking years. Yeah. They've yeah. had the Vulcan there. Yeah. For 10 years. I know. And they've been saying, well, we're going to put the Vulcan up brick by brick. Well, get on with them, dickheads. Yeah. Chop, chop, let's be having you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that would it's be still awesome a pile addition. of fucking rubble. What's, what's depressing for me about the, the Vulcan being there, though? Yeah, you used to drinking it. Yeah. Yeah. I used to go there after work one time. I used to work around the corner, and it's like, Christ, a pub. I used to drink it as an amusement. Yeah, but the Vulcan, even then, was a proper old man's pub. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you were drinking it, it was like proper old man's stuff. It's like when Yeah, sawdust were... on the floor. Yeah, but when you see, like, Cardiff Bay, yeah. I did all the ground testing work for that, with the ground testing for Oh, sure. So all the sample, core samples were taken by the firm I was working for at the time, so we were using, like, old clutch-driven pneumatic rigs to yeah, yeah, know. do power driving. I mean, I used to spend like afternoons sitting with the harbour master. Wow. Drinking tea and coffee there and just yakking about, you know, Tiger Bay and stuff and about the history of the place. Yeah, now yeah. it's all gone. Yeah. And you know, walk, I want to drive past it. Oh, I feel partly responsible for that. I, just, I did some work that's transformed awesomeness into this. Oh, that's how I hope my mother does on this Why? She's a Tiger Bay OG. Yeah. She grew up there. Um, well, Tiger Bay was all fucking awesome. And the fact it's called Tiger Bay annoys you. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's known as Tiger Bay. Yeah. But there's the proper name for it. The locals didn't like Tiger Bay. I know, I mean, when Cardiff back then, Cardiff yeah. had history. Yeah. Proper history. Yeah. And now it's all just sold top dollar and yeah. penny and you know, pennies on the pound and traded for. It was a working, bustling port, wasn't it? You know, it was coal, steel. Yeah. All that were coming in and going out and. And it's freezing bastard cold because we did all for the winter. Yeah. <laughs> that's all, that's one of the things I do now. That's why we know how master because it was so fucking Yeah. My mother-in-law says about like, you know, she, she'd see boatloads of sailors because she lived at the Delta Auto Pub. And like, yeah. it was just You might want to rephrase that. <laughs> she saw <Right. so> <laughs> Sorry, mum. <laughs> because that was a big close to the boat. Like. Yeah. She never saw boatloads of sailors. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was just like, you know, there were so many different, um, Ethnic people. Yeah, it's just like a multicultural society. Yeah, it's just sort of it was when Spanish, people multicultural Japanese. society didn't exist. Yes, yeah. it did. It yeah. was there all the time. All the time, yeah. And there was a proper sense of community. She said there was like, yeah. she's from the Spanish side, but there was, a, and they all had their streets, if you like. So there's a yeah. Spanish street, an Indian street, and she's members before before takeaways. Yeah, she'd known this Indian um, family quite happily if you start like their curry yeah. they'd knock you some up and you'd go around and knock the door and give them um, a saucepan and they'd fill your saucepan up for you with the curry and stuff like that it was like proper community spirit yeah like, and that's just all gone yeah that is all there so that's a different well, time well we always said facts and Halloween didn't you? yeah <laughs> we went way off course well, yeah. yeah all so, our memories <laughs> <laughs> back in the day oh. yeah so Halloween was, it, was, it was different this year it was um, yeah we, we did what we could do for the kids. Like, I was scared the shit out of them all day in the house <laughs> in well, various different ways. We just watched a couple of films. Siobhan yeah. had like a, a sort of um, 
social distancing the mates and they did it all online yeah yeah and just watched a couple of films and we watched The Witches the new um, obviously The Royal Dahl no interest in seeing that whatsoever it's, it's pretty good enough Anne Hathaway Cabin in the Woods and American Wolf in London because you know Halloween is about American Wolf in London because yeah. it's part of the weather mate so what, there's so many I miss and we, we watched the original Halloween yeah it's kind of like a custom you know we do there's so many films I, like, I feel I should watch every, over every, every Halloween and American Wolf would have been one of them but the thing is, like, the older you get, the less time you seem to have on the weekends. Yeah. You know, because I always say, like, I've got the weekend with coming up from work. So I'll just, what I'll do is I'll just chill. And yeah. And watch all these films. But you never get to, because you have to walk the dog, then you go do this, then you go do that. Yeah, yeah, By yeah. By the time you're finished, you know, with the site and everything else, it's like, it's five o'clock on the Saturday. <laughs> I sit down and have a couple of beers and I'll put my son on the telly and then I'll fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm all tired, like, <laughs> Hi, this is Barney here from Night Farm Death, and through my many years of association, you're listening to Mass Movement. What else has been happening? Um, the One Division trailer that dropped recently. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really sold on it. I think it's sort of this, you know, it, it looked like the idyllic sort of um, American pie sort of family life. I'm completely sold on it. I think this yeah. is going to push us into the next Doctor Strange film. Yeah, it's going to be... She's confirmed as the villain boy. Okay. So I, I can see is... it being like a multiverse type deal. Yeah, I think this is her trip to the dark side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And whether it brings Vision back permanently. Yeah. So it's all like um, made, it's made made by her sort of thing. Yeah, because don't forget her, her powers about matter and reality, manipulation of reality and matter. Yeah. So she's just, you know, transforms everything according to yeah. her will. So. It's a very strange trailer when you watch it. Is, yeah, but it's fun. Yeah, it's just like fun, and then um, adapting to like a, a gonna, normal American. Yeah, it's gonna go dark. Life. You know, it's yeah, gonna go dark as yeah. dark as fuck. Yeah. Like. I really like um, Paul Bettany. His vision, brilliant. I like her. What's his name? Yeah. Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, I, I like her too. So <laughs> I like Elizabeth very much. <laughs> Please bring her to me. <laughs> I like. I mean, I like the Scarlet Witch character yeah. in general. Um, I think they're, they're I think she's, there's an, underutilized at the moment. Yeah, she's got an interesting take on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so it's going to be yeah, so, um, fun. Yeah, so we're also there been Oscar Isaac. Oh! Been announced as oh, uh, Moon Knight. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good, so good, so good. <laughs> I love Moon Knight, right? I absolutely adore the character. Yeah. And one of my prized possessions is the first issue of Moon Knight's comic. So it's like the first, Moon Knight's first solo issue. Okay. As is Moon Knight. Yeah. I've got the first issue. Right. It's not worth shit. Yeah. It's, just, it's just not worth it. But to me, it's priceless. Yeah, yeah. Emotionally, it's priceless. Yeah. Um, and it's the first time you see a Marvel character with an inherent weakness. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because he's never sure of his actions. You never know, is he really an avatar, can't sure, or does can't sure exist in his head? Yeah. You know, is, I mean, later on, that's, that's, that's firmly established that can't sure does exist. Yeah. But for years, and even at times now, you left wondering, you know, it didn't, is Conchure real or is he just using Conchure as an excuse to become a vigilante yeah yeah. he's like um, Batman made real okay. because if you're going to do this shit and all you've got is you've worked out a bit and you're super, you're struggling to fight yeah 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 you've got to have something seriously wrong with you yeah and to keep going out there and taking that kind of punishment night after night after night yeah keep taking that kind of beating there's got to be something seriously amiss <laughs> and in Mark Spector's case it's because he's mentally ill yeah and he is a, he's a paranoid schizophrenic with, with a lot of personality do you think Oscar um, Isaac or the I think Oscar Isaac is brilliant yeah I think I think it's the perfect choice yeah he's not anything I mean he's been great at everything I've seen him in so far yeah, which is not much, but um, well, you see, have you, um, you know, Poe Dameron. Yeah, Poe Dameron, obviously. Yes, yeah. um, the film where he plays on the Mossad agents. Yeah, they get Eichmann. Mean, that's yeah. He's been. He just. He's a. He's a Affleck good, with Ben Affleck about. Um, I think he's going to be one of those ones for the future as well. He's just going to rise and rise and rise, and he'll be like yeah. a, the top dog star. Oh, absolutely. You'd be a go-to name, man. And this is. I think this is what he's doing with Moon Knight like, you know, it, it also proves that Disney are willing to plow some serious money in this series yeah. because they're going to put you know who's ostensibly an A-list actor into the role of Mark Spector yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's not going to some 
do far down the pecking order, it's going to the top of the pecking order. Yeah. And they put the money in there and they're going to push this and they're going to make it what it should be. It's good to put in them, you know, the, the buck behind these lesser characters too. Yeah. Um, I, I would, see, I would argue that Moonlight is no lesser character than your full shit because, you know, <laughs> he's Moonlight. No, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't yes, mean lesser, not, uh, you know, the not popular. Less mainstream. Less, yes, less, less, mainstream. less obvious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More street level characters. Yeah, so yeah. it's more in keeping. I think it's more in keeping with like Daredevil and Punisher and like Luke Cage and those yeah. characters, which is interesting because Marvel just got the rights back to Daredevil and all the characters yeah, associated yeah. with that Daredevil from Netflix. So, Bernthal's been talking that maybe at some point there'll be another Punisher series and that he'd be happy to return to the role. Oh, he was perfect. So, was, that would also be yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah seeing Bertha back as the Punisher. That's the best TV. Because um, oh, Punisher's got a history of Moonlight as well. Okay. Um, like a long, steep history. So it was a wonderful panel. Um, and it's like Mark Spectrum was like, with Moonlight and Punisher the other. And he goes, uh, hey Frank. I was like, hey Mark. <laughs> Still crazy, and when I said back to the person, family still dead. So it's like they sort of got that sort of interplay, like, and yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, Punisher, I mean, bloody hell, that prison scene where he takes apart the uh, from Daredevil when he when they saw him, yeah, Christ, yeah, that was another scene. I was I could do with that, yeah, he's perfect, perfect castle again. I think all of it was, I enjoyed Luke Cage. I love Luke Cage. I yeah. thought it was like a, a great black exploitation series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's all it was, just a bit flat. Iron Fist was a bit slow. Um, yeah. And it's a wrong choice of Danny Rand, but you know, they started coming into their own because they're about to introduce like earlier incarnations of Iron Fist right at the end. Okay. Of the Iron Fist run. I'm thinking, this is where I want to go. This is sort of like Brubaker Iron Fist yeah. territory. And it all got cancelled and never happened. And, Iron Fist never happened again as a series. Iron Fist is a great book. Yeah. Brubaker. Yeah. When Brubaker did like, was it maybe a 30 issue run, 35 issue run? Absolutely superb. That's another. That was a love, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Properly. If, if, if you want to make an Iron Fist movie or an Iron Fist sort of TV series, go back and do Ed Brubaker's movie. Yeah. Just do that and just forget it now. Just concentrate on and do that. Because that will. That's everything you ever need to know about. Okay, cool. Hi there, this is H from Acid Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast because you're a sensible, clever, smart individual. We'd like to go back every now and again and uh, check out some uh, old favourites, and uh, I think an old favourite of both of ours is uh, Planet of the Apes, Um, both from way back, from the 68 original with Charlton Heston, to the uh, no, no, modern one, no, Tim Burton one, no, not a fan of either, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, Tim Burton was strange, I mean, it was a different take on it, I suppose. Yeah, um, it was interesting, a good watch, I enjoyed it. Didn't think it had much to do with the Planet of the Apes, I, I knew though. So, obviously, I, I grew up in the 80s, all right, so I got into those movies. When they were on TV at Christmas or whatever, and uh, yeah, it's, it's the Charlton Heston and uh, Roger Dahl to me. Well, see, I love the film so much. I remember the Pierre Boulez novel. Yeah, yeah. It's based on. Yeah. And the novel's nothing like the film. Yeah, it was redone by um, what's his name? Twilight Zone, wasn't it? Rewritten. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, um, he grabbed the novel and sort of. The novel's uh, great. Don't yeah. worry. It's a really, really good sort of slice of political, socio-political science fiction. Um, but when you read it after the film, you're in. Right. What? So the whole ending, you know, the big ending of Prandtl. There's none of that. There's, yeah, but there's no tailor. The there's none of that stuff. Yeah. It's a completely different story. Yeah, yeah. They sort of have the title in common. Okay. And sort of riff on some of the similar ideas, but that's about it. It's not... Yeah. ...anything that's even similar. Did you enjoy all the uh, original movies? Yes. Yeah, me too. There's something to say. I mean, they... I think they go down slightly in... The first two films, right? First two, Planet yeah. Planet of the Apes and Planet of the Apes are superb. Because Charlie Heston didn't want to come back, did he? Uh, no. Well, that's why he said, yeah, I'll come back and kill me. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, you, you look at a time when Charlie Heston was literally the king of dystopian science fiction. Yeah, yeah. And so he made Planet of the Apes, Planet of the Apes, and the Soil and Green, and then there's the other one. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And Soda Green is just a wonderful film. And the other the man is you know, based on Richard Matheson's I Am Legend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other man is a fantastic film. Just because like, Charlton Heston was that Georgie little sailor's cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes him look like, like the campest science fiction hero you've ever seen. Yeah. But he's great and he carries it off. And it's just a shame he became a dreadful old NRA guy afterwards. Yeah. Because you know, those four films are like the pinnacle of his career. I think I honestly believe Planet of the Apes, Planet of the Apes, The Old Man and Solid Green just That's super. his best body of work. Like oh, abs- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely for me. Absolutely. It was nice to see him when he came, he came back for uh, Tim Boomer, wasn't it? He was in a cameo. Yeah. Um, which was well, he did True Romance as well, didn't he? Because sort of, yeah, he's yeah. had the. Um, Intelligence agency, that I believe. So after the movies, there was like planets, sort of planets of the apes beneath planets, and yeah. escape, conquest, battle. Then there was the uh, TV series, wasn't there? Yeah. So I never really, I still I never really checked that out. The only time I saw it was when when Channel Four first started, eighty uh, two. Mm. They it used to kick in at like four o'clock, right? Yeah. Four, four o'clock, and they'd be they'd run a show, and then they'd put on. Countdown. So Channel Four would yeah, start yeah. at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And the show they was put on was was Planet of the Apes original series. Okay. Time Team, or Time Team, uh, Time Tunnel. Time Tunnel. And um, Lost in Space. Wow. Lost in Space. And so uh, they put them on, and then it would go to Countdown. Yeah. And so I used to run home from school to watch Planet of the Apes. That's that's perhaps where I came got first got to it. Perhaps I did watch the TV series. I remember having a lot of merch because my cousin was there. My cousin was big into it. Yeah. When he passed me down a lot of merch when he'd done there. And I remember having this bloody, this plastic jaw, like the major look that you got through your ears. Gave that ape sort of look, you know? So I, I was, you know, I was well into it. But I, don't, I, don't I was well into my sex toys and finally the night. I still recall the, um, <laughs> uh, the TV series. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. It yeah. was fun. It wasn't, you know. It was more of like a sort of episodic yeah. take on thing. Like we sh- human shots, we teach apes to be, you know, that we are the same and we are all together in this. And so it's like one of those. Well, there was a time when all American TV shows had to have uh, a morality tale. Yeah, yeah. And like a moral at the end. It's like fucking He Man. Yeah. We're all talking about the end and yeah. telling you. What you've just seen is this, this, and What this. you've done this week is all about you know, <laughs> sex and drugs and rock and roll. Yeah, it really depends. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, really? Oh. I don't I don't need a morality lesson from you. <laughs> so, yeah, so after that, there was Tim Burton. Yeah. Version. I thought it was decent, but nothing to do with uh, I usually like Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like more films. But, no. No. <laughs> It's just fucking shit. <laughs> it's dreadful. Well, and what about the, the uh, new ones then? So there's uh, Rise of the Apes, Dawn, and yeah. War. I've seen one. Which one's after the first one? My friend? So I don't know, that's where Caesar is like locked up. In yeah. Still in the no, time. absolutely not. Yeah. I thought it was cruel okay. and exploitative. And I hate watching anthropomorphized films anyway. Okay. Because over there was going to cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, without fail. <laughs> um, like, and the older I'm getting, the more weepy I'm becoming. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the smallest little thing will set me off. <laughs> <laughs> set me off like a blubbering mess. And I, I just, I could not get into those films because I was just weeping and waving all the way through the first one. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> It's, I mean, a, I like it's a film about a fucking monkey stop crying I can't fucking stop because it's a film I mean he's got, he's got the go-to guy in the Andy Circus doing um, all the facial stuff um, yeah but you know again, I like him I do like Andy Circus. Andy Circus is a great actor yeah, he's yeah. a fantastic actor yeah. but overused yeah he seems to be like you know King Kong he's in you know Snoke yeah, yeah he's in um, Gollum yeah you know. he's, was he directing what was he directing something as well oh is he Venom 2. Oh, is he really? He's directing the Venom sequel, yeah. No, that'd be interesting. So, featuring Woody Harrelson. Really? Well, yeah, you, you, didn't you watch it? Oh, Venom? sorry, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. 
<laughs> I, had, I had a brain meltdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I was a stroke. I'm yeah. 43. We'll be into the room. Uh. <laughs> yeah, of course. Woody Harrelson's in the end. Spoilers. Peter's casting. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh, Christ. <laughs> so apparently, Apes are strictly the classics. Nothing else. Don't do me, mate. Nothing else, you damn dirty apes. <laughs> <laughs> you blew it up. You blew it all up. Damn you all to hell. Best riff on that, though, was it with Kevin Smith. Damn you all to hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Damn, I forgot about that, yeah. yeah. Damn you all to hell. Is that a track suite? Yeah. Well, we're going to have a track by. Okay, so it's uh, Engineer Records have picked these guys up. Uh, they're called Born Infected. Um, the new CD, Self Reflection, is coming out mid December. £3 from every sale of that CD is going to go to Sea Shepherd, Animal Rights, and Hardcore Help. Um, they're brutal. This is heavy. This is, uh, I really into this. It's called Hardcore Pride. Ooh! I always thought that I'd never belong. But there was a place for me All alone Not the best of friends In that place Don't take it from me Once I was blind But now I see Trying to find a place to stay I found it in deceit Words of wisdom shouted Straight to my face You make me believe that I could make a change heavy that's born infected with hardcore pride go buy the cd self-reflection uh, mid-december and as i say three pound maybe sale is going to go to a good cause be it sea shepherd uh animal rights or hardcore you've also this is pornography fund <laughs> hello everybody this is igor cavalera from Peprick cavalera conspiracy and you guys are listening to mass movement podcast uh the new deadpool um, book drops. yeah king of the monsters man so, uh, yeah, tell us more about it, man. You Deadpool's ready? King of Monsters, yes. Still King of Monsters. All right, Moving so on. Kelly Thompson gets to write Deadpool. Yeah. And I, again, Kelly Thompson's another writer I absolutely adore. Yeah. And she's brilliant. Her, she is, her characterization is flawless. Yeah. She has a re, a, an incredible talent for weaving plot threads in between sort of dialogue and uh, everything else. And she's just, oh, this book is just so funny. So anyway, all the monsters are heading towards Staten Island, right? Right. So the book is it was released in the UK, which is Hail to the King. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Deadpool gets the sign where he has to go and kill the King of the Monsters from a furtive government uh, agency. So off he goes to do it, and he does his job. But the monsters have a rule, when you kill a king, you become a king. So okay. it's like a to the throne. Yeah, yeah. If you actually see a challenge to you become a king. So Deadpool becomes the King of the, king of the Monsters. Deadpool okay. finds that he is, has more in common with monsters than he does with humanity he's more closely and the longer he spends with the monsters yeah. the more he becomes human okay um, gotcha yeah. and he 
it, it's, it's about him finding his place in the world finally and finding something he's good at and he's great at being the king of the, uh, being yeah, the, yeah. the, the know, king of the monsters yeah and it's funny and it's heartbreaking and it's wonderfully paced and it's just that's a familiar character isn't it like that scene as well Craven yeah uh, Captain America yeah wow okay and this is um this is another Marvel Panini uh, yeah, yeah. so Panini picked it up um just recently UK yeah uh, I said it's written by Kelly Thompson and you know my goodness good yeah oh it's, yeah, super. I will read anything she writes. She got previous Deadpool, or is this? A, is no, no. I think this is her first time with Deadpool. But I, listen, I will. Read, I will. Abs- if you put, you could put any book in front of me and Kelly Thompson's name on I will read it. Yeah, because she's that good. Wow. You know, it wouldn't matter who the character was. I could, I could, I could have, after that point, despised this character in my entire life. And I would still read this book. Yeah. Because I know she's going to put a twist on it. It's going to make. That'll it. make you think. About anything you thought you knew about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought you knew about the backstory. Because, yeah. yeah. Cool, if it's up to me, yeah. right, she'd be writing everything. She'd be up there with the criminal problem. Her and Al Ewing would just be doing everything with Marvel. Her, Al Ewing, Matthew Rosenberg would be Charlotte Horse led by Jim Zub, and that'd be it. What's she um, moved on before, isn't it? Captain Marvel. At the moment, okay. you know, she's just some recent one Captain Marvel, which is again. Yeah. I, I was not a big Carol Danvers fan until Margaret Stowe yeah but you see that actually took over and then she wrote Margaret Stowe wrote the left death of Captain Marvel and Kelly Thompson picked up the reins and just rammed it and took it into all sorts of new ones directions so yeah Kelly Thompson if you haven't read any of her stuff read it read it read it read it, read it and read it again because it is just life changing stuff what's up everybody it's John Bush from Armored Saint and you are listening to the Mask Overbed podcast so blast it Okay, so you've been um, on Disney Plus. You watched uh, the right stuff as well. I did. Uh, Based on the Tom Wolf novel. Yeah. Early, about the formative days of the American space program. I'm a slag for that. So. Yeah. Absolute. <laughs> I mean, that's well established. Yeah. yeah absolute tart. NASA tart. Yeah. Stories about NASA. We'll suck dick for stories about NASA. Well, we'll suck for hand job. You know. Yeah. Hand job. Yeah. It's not good too far. I'd be no good anyway. I'm <laughs> fucking lazy, like. <laughs> 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 I want a cup of tea now. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, then. What's your, um, what's your Where's about the, the series so far? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. So it's charting NASA from the... Yeah, for the formative days, the first American, first seven Americans uh, astronauts, so you need to know the Mercury and Gemini days, so it's like Gus Chris and... Alan Shepard, John Glenn, Scott Carpenter. Yeah. Those guys. Um, and it's as much about how they are flawed as human beings. Yeah. And how ordinary they are. Mm. And how their lives are sort of shaped by the fact that they're every bit as human as the rest of us. Okay. As it is about them pushing that final frontier and heading towards space yeah training to, to do something which is much bigger than themselves um, but it, yeah it's, it's just a fascinating series it's like a, you know like a space an early 60s soap opera about space program is it going is it just focusing on just that part or is it going to go right through you know or? no if it goes through to the murky Gemini uh, Mercury and Gemini programs and then it goes through into sort of forms and beginning days of the Apollo missions and then sort of stops right okay um the only thing I'm annoyed about with it is it hasn't explored any of the Chuck Yeager stuff that right. um, the original novel did. Now, Chuck Yeager was the first man to bring the sound Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's also the test pilot everybody always thought was going to be the first American in space. Yeah. But for some reason, he best known to Chuck Yeager, I guess, maybe after the massive crash he had, um, never joined NASA. Okay. Which always sort of amazed me because Chuck Yeager is like a personal hero. Yeah, yeah. And the man is just badass through and through. <laughs> uh, and I always thought maybe he should have been up there. And it's like they, they talk, they, at the moment it's sort of centered on the sort of animosity between Alan Shepard and John Glenn. Yeah. Because John Glenn always thought John Glenn was the first man in space. Yeah. Um, but Alan Shepard was the first American in space. So it's like, well, the first. Yeah. yeah. 
so on their fractious relationship and it's really good it's enjoyable if you like that kind of stuff if you like history yeah it's a really good slice of let's take a really in-depth look at this period so it is only it's going to cover that period it's not yeah so it's, it's like 61 61 through to like uh, cool. 66 maybe yeah and then yeah 66 67 Fitly as well because we just had the uh, I mean different obviously but SpaceX what happened today was it yesterday yeah yeah so I mean you know from those sort of beginnings we're still sort of Elon, uh, Elon Musk was sitting in this secret volcano yeah. smoking all the weed launched his space <laughs> rockets like. we're still you know I mean we've, we've progressed obviously but it's, you know. see I can't look at Elon Musk anymore I was thinking about Doctor Evil because yeah. he, he really he oh, did, like, yeah. he's that character. Yeah, and yeah. you can imagine with a little silver jumpsuit going on. <laughs> yeah, one million dollars. Yeah. I invented PayPal, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting, isn't it? I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. I mean, he's pushing them. You know, I mean, NASA have dropped off a bit. That's um, only because of lack of funding. That's yeah, of course, yeah. They have, they have literally had the funding rug ripped from underneath them. Yeah, but he seems to be putting up every couple of weeks. So he's like. Nope, up you go. Well, he's got the money, too, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. every time some dildo uses PayPal, Elon Musk gets a bit of money. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Stop putting money in, in Elon Musk's backyard. <laughs> he's made enough electric cars. Fuck him. <laughs> okay, cool. So that's the right stuff, and it's on uh, Disney+. Plus. Well, it's the uh, National Geographic one. Oh, yeah, the National Geographic one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a pedantic dick at the end. There's so much interesting stuff in there. They spend a lot of time in there. I always go back to the cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's like you say. That's like you, know, you say. Oh, I just I walked into the porn shop. There's a lot of interesting stuff in there, but I always go back to the cartoon. <laughs> I do. I, you know, I was like going to watch something in like really intelligent. Though. You know, I'm gonna. Oh, yeah, but you're not the only push one. Push myself. Then I'll play. You know, I, I was thinking, Mickey Mouse. I was thinking, I'm going to go on to uh, Amazon Prime. I'm going to watch documentary. But it's not that I'll watch Highland instead. I watch the Highland <laughs> series. Yeah. And that is brain fart of the first first one but it's enjoyable touch yeah. and nonsense and that's but you know you can just like I'll watch this and switch my head off we're only human are we I got to think for nine hours there that would be thinking when I'm watching <laughs> the television boogies boozes trumpets and losers don't touch the fucking vertical don't touch the fucking horizontal because that's television this is the mass movement podcast take care rock hard rock heavy rock animal and May your children be born with hair.
Ooh, love that riff at the end. That was Scary Hours. The song's called When E-Thugs Are About. And it's from their album, Margins. I have an engineer records now. Go check it out. Hello, guys. This is Johnny from Astroturn, and you are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. There's been um, a couple of good books that have been uh, released. Uh, the first one we're going to look at is The, the Collar Brothers, uh, The Blood, The Sweat, and The Tears, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, The Collar Brothers, Lou... Pete. And Pete, God, I went a blank name, but I'm sick of it all. Um, yeah, I know, it's, It is past midnight. Is it? Yeah. Your stupid car broke down. That <laughs> stupid car, fuck you. <laughs> He's taking drive the car. <laughs> yeah, I know. Soon, soon. Anyway, yeah, sick of it all, book. Have you uh, had a chance to uh, put it all? I have. I I've really enjoyed it. It's funny. It's yeah. Good. I mean, my problem with it is it's definitely the Collar Brothers story. Yeah, it's focused incredibly on them. Right? Okay, I wanted more Craig ahead. Yeah, okay. Um, we all want more Craig ahead. Yeah, and Armand. I love Armand too. Yeah, I, I love Armand, but you yeah. know, Craig ahead is just like God. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. There's nobody like Craig ahead in the world. Um, so this is—is is it a Sycamore biography or is it just? Yeah, it's their story and how they formed Sycamore and they brought it to this point. You know, and it becomes okay. more of a sick and raw story later on where yeah, yeah. Craig and Armand uh, are back in the band because there's a whole period when Armand was gone and then he came back. Was there really? What yeah. Was Just look around. Bloody hell, I never knew that. Yeah. Wow. Because the dude who played Johnson at the time was the old Warzone drummer. Mini Valley? No. Oh, God. That's crazy, I never knew that. Bloody hell. They. AJ something anyway yeah he's now a paramedic in Boston okay uh, but I'll put because Craig joined them after Agnostic Front split up yeah because Rich Cipriani first yeah, yeah but then like two days after Agnostic Front split that first time Craig's on stage with Sick and Roll in, in uh-huh. yeah. um, so it's a good book it's fun and um Little Peter, exactly what you imagine to be, and then when you interview them, the voices that come across in this book are exactly the same as you are when you, yeah, them. they're just they're super nice guys, yeah, they? they're just genuine and for the right reasons. They love what they do, yeah, and they play great fucking music, and it's a really fun, interesting read. You know? They've always been the nice guys at Hardcore, aren't they? Yeah, they came absolutely. from that background, that New York background, like, yeah. I mean, they just about that. that. Well, I mean, uh, all the New York guys I've bumped into have been really real, real sweet answers, yeah, well. you yeah. know, a single. Dickhead that I've. Oh, grounded, aren't they? Yeah, there's no bullshit, there's no yeah. delusions of grandeur there, these guys. They just want to play music and yeah, time, yeah. and that's that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. I haven't checked out yet, it's on my um, to do list. I'm probably going to do that for Christmas. But I mean, I love Second Roll. I mean, this is one of those constants of my life, you know? Yeah. When I discovered them, just look around the era, stuff like that. Um, so was that before or after the infamous Bogey show? Uh, depends when the album came out. Like, Bogey Show, yeah. 23. The album came out, yeah. The album was up by then, wasn't it? Yeah. Because they, yeah, they were touring the album, weren't they? So, yeah, yeah the Bogey Show was. Um, yeah, I mean, that's on YouTube. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's just sort of seeing all these young South Wales heads. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All diving off stage. And it's like young Toby from each row, Brody in front. It's, uh, it's that, was, that was a great show. Yeah, that's yeah. Really, really good show. Bogey's was great. Yeah, I mean it was me, John, me and John Evans went to that. Um, oh, did you? Yeah, so um, we took like the old, the old drummer from Charlie's Run Crisis game with Chug, it was his first show. Right. Like, very first show, it was his first day, he like face planted that night too. <laughs> but, you know, as first shows go, you don't, it doesn't get much better than when you sick of it all. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, Good initiation. It's the first time we saw, and, and Tom Chapman's band support. That's right, yeah, yeah. Hindsight. Hindsight, yeah. So yeah. that was a fun night, uh, and the book's great as well. You know, it's just it's them talking to Howie Abrams and him like sort of putting it all together. And yeah. Did you get anything like anything surprise you about it? Like, was it like? No, it's pretty much all common knowledge. There's yeah. nothing in there that they're not revealing any massive hardcore spoilers. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> that's that's not the intent of the book. It's just to tell a good story and a, a bit of a yarn. There's no tales of no, people no, wanting to no, 
none of that shit. No, no backstabbing bullshit. Oh, deal with that. There's none of that. Well, it's not a contrast to that. I read the, uh, the David Stain, uh, the Rust in Peace book. Right. Uh, which is the story of the making of the album Rust in Peace. Right. Which is a great album. Do you agree with that? Or? No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love Rust in Peace. Okay, so my, my Megadeth history goes Killing My Business is pretty good. Peace Sellers has been great record. Yeah. Nah. Nah. I have nothing. Nah. <laughs> Well, I mean, just you know, I, I read the book. It's just the story of how it's made. It's just you, you just think, Christ, how the hell was it made? At this point, though, the two Daves, Allison and Sting, are just fucking crack at crack at it. No other way to put it. There. That's methods. <laughs> you know, they can't get up bed in the mornings. Um, it, it's really uh, Mike Clink, the, the guy who, who did Absolute Destruction, yeah, for Guns and Roses, really brought it together. Made them go into the studio and made them put this record together because honestly they were so strung out. I honestly I don't know. There was only the two of them left. They had like Chris Poland had left. There was, a, there was they needed a guitarist. They needed a drummer. And just how did, how they put together this seminal album was just beyond me. Um, but there's made out of urgency, like you know, an anger, yeah. and it's just sort of they got in and like you know recorded it, and that's it. It's, it's captured a moment. I don't know, but. Absolutely amazing album and a really good story to go with it. See, I'm not a massive Megadeth fan, like I said. I like the first two yeah. records, but that's it. And I believe their their British records, Peace Sells. Um, yeah, that's a close second for me, I think. I think it is. That first is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just when that kicks in. Oh, okay. I think by the time. Yeah, because Peace Sells broke. I think by the time it came to make another album than Rust in Peace, they were wallowing in their. Drug money, yeah, and they, but they, you know, they done it all. Yeah. Stain was like broke, um, you know, keeping on the studio floor. Um, it, it's interesting as well. This, this story's in there. You just said, Christ, how did that? I mean, Slash from Guns N' Roses, Guns N' Roses, almost during the moment, which is incredible. <laughs> he, he does the foreword to the to the book, and right. um, and he got friendly with Slash and Dick was Dick was staying, and he was staying with him in his apartment, and they were like, oh, we need another guitarist. So he auditioned, yeah. Um, but he was too rock, rock and roll, as they wanted metal at the time. They no, he wasn't tactical enough for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but it's just how different Megadeth could have been, you know? It just I I see that's the kind of thing you go, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, even no, yeah, it's gonna work, but no, yeah, yeah. You, I used, yeah. Also, the reality, you'd be you'd be interested to see. Yeah. It, but, Really, you want to see yeah, it. Yeah, you have a glimpse at it, but that's it. You yeah, yeah, it. yeah. But well, it's a fascinating book. I mean, Mustaine comes across as a dick. Yeah. But he wrote the book, so he's, his, his honesty is something to be. I, I think he's got nothing admired. to lose anymore. It's just, yeah. Like, get thrown all out there because this is who I am. Yeah. You know, if you don't like it, touch it. That's just. I mean, he's let Ellison yeah. have his bits. And, like, <laughs> there's so many paragraphs where Ellison's gone. So I got to the studio and Dave's like, you know, on the floor, like, you know, spiraling out. And then Dave will go, no, actually that didn't happen. <laughs> and it's like, ah, you want to drop the It's great. And, um, you know, Dave Mustaine is never going to let anybody else have the last word. No. He's just... He is Megadeth and yeah, he's so at a point to prove after the Metallica firing. Yeah. And well, never, that, that, never that, let go of that. That was his fuck you fire. Yeah. Fire. You know, that, that's the fuel that made him do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he never ever got over Whole time, yeah, he never will. No, I, yeah, exactly. He never will, yeah. but um, yeah, another great book. Go check it out. Rust in Peace, uh, David Mustaine. Um, awesome. This is Roger from Agnostic Front. You're listening to Mass Movement Presents. Just take a deep dive, three deep dive, deep dive. Um, and the band we've chosen uh, this week, I'm not overly familiar with. No, I read the classics, but it's it's quite. <laughs> I know you're a massive Guar fan. Yeah. You're a massive, you're Dave Brock, you interviewed. Yeah, Dave was a mate. Yeah. Dave, a friend. Okay, you had Dave as a, yeah. a friend. Yeah, here we go. So, um. But that's, yeah, that's one of those odd things again, like, you know, because I, I, I saw the first Guar UK show. Really? Yeah, it was London Shepherds Push Empire. When was that? 91? 92? Okay, wow. I didn't know that. Um, 
So you, when 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 did you get him into get into it? Was this like Scum uh, Dogs of the Universe when it was first released? So was that in ninety? Oh, it was ninety, was it? Yeah, it's, it's not. See, their first album, Hello, comes out in America in like eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. Didn't do anything over here. Just couldn't find it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I only found out one through reading the magazine, but seeing them at the time. Well, flip side. And there's all these interesting pictures of this band that go on, they all dressed up. Like. So how were they packaged this time? I mean, because at this point you're like a hardcore punk kid now, right? Yeah. Like, so how did they, how were they packaged? The, the because they're in Flipside, and Flipside was like the hardcore bible. Okay. You know, to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, those people would say it was maximum rock and roll, to me it was always Flipside. Flipside felt more dangerous and more sort of underground yeah and let you know about different kinds of bands it wasn't just focused solely like it's punk and that's it this is it yeah you know, there was a lot of goth stuff in there there was a weird LA rock and sort of ultra hardcore bands and so sort of, you know they, they weren't afraid to interview bands like straight based um, so that gave them a lot of yeah so they, 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 it was a proper like underground yeah. magazine proper punk rock magazine they based on all these sort of things and while we're doing the sort of artsy rock punk rock thing so they had this massive show and yeah. playing sort of hardcore and they, but they've got better as musicians so when they came down to record their second album Scum Dogs the Universe they signed to a label in Britain called Master right? okay. a tiny little label so this album comes out and I saw it um, in HMV I think it was like the second CD I ever bought because at the time it was like, just, I'm 18 so I've just got a new CD player yeah and the first CDs I bought were Scum Dogs the Universe and Suicide Tendencies Let's Come Revolution. That's not a bad Hall. And the third one was the Urban Dance Squad's first album. I think it was brilliant. The so Urban Dance Squad? Oh my god, yeah. that's a name I've not known in ages. So, because uh, Fast Lane was the big thing that's out, living in a fast lane. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we got that and it was just mind blowing. Because it's just such a good record. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of really metal, but sort of crossover. It's got like a like a weird punk edge to it. Yeah. And um, so I played the shit out of that record, and then they were they released Americans Be Destroyed, and sort of around the time just before Americans Be Destroyed came on, they came over. They're supposed to play eight days in the UK. Yeah. But people were banning them left, right, and centre because the stage show. You know, okay. Oh, yeah. You heard about this? You shoot. You know, they're shooting blood and spunk and everything in yeah, yeah, and yeah. blah blah blah. It's all make believe. It's dudes in costumes acting out a show. Yeah. But they're chopping people's heads off on stage. Yes, they are, but it's a fucking show. <laughs> so we went to London to Shepherd's Bush Empire. Yeah. Superb. Yeah. Um, Who else on the bills, remember? No. It doesn't matter, does it? No, it's yeah. Yeah. Um, It doesn't matter. The only time the sport bands ever matter with car was when clutch sport. Oh yeah, that was in um when we played Ponty. Ponty three, yeah, yeah, yeah. So over the years all the Guar albums come out, I go see Guar multiple times and blah blah blah. I started doing Dave Brockett. Yeah. And uh so yeah, so I start speaking to Dave and he's always really funny. So he'd always ask unfavorably, Do you want to speak to Dave or do you want to speak to Rogers? And most of the time I'd always speak say let's stick to Rogers. Yeah. One of Dave's tricks was he'd get you and he'd make you laugh. Yeah. And so the minute he made you laugh, he knew he had you. And when he knows he's when he knew he had you, he would up the ante. Okay. And he would go further and further. Yeah, yeah. And the further Dave went, the funnier Dave became. Yeah. As Odris. And I tried telling people this and um, Pete Williams experience the funniest person I've seen experience is Ian Pickens. Okay, yeah. We interviewed David Ponty. So I said, I want you to say, well, this is one of the funniest things you've said. Yeah. Just sit there. Just, when he says, do you want to interview David, do you want to speak to Rogers? We'll speak to Rogers. Right. And he was like, okay. So we sit down. And David was going to be chatting. And he was like, do you want to speak to David? Do you want to speak to Rogers? <laughs> and all of a sudden, Dave, is, uh, Dave sat there and he goes, and he becomes odious, right? <laughs> it's like a little switch goes off when he starts talking, and Pickens starts laughing. Yeah. So he looks around and he knows he's got him, right? And Pickens is laughing so hard he's literally rolling on the floor, and Dave's as odious, and he's just amazing. They haven't released a bad record; they're all great albums. Yeah, yeah. And then Dave died. Yeah, this is shit time. This is a five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Because Dave would become, you know, 
friend I talked to via email and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And it was a really, really shit time. And um, I thought the plan was going to end. Yeah. And then Mike Bishop, with the original Beefcakes, basically came with the singer. Yeah. And he does a pretty fucking good job. You, know, you watched you, um, you had access to this yeah so um, that was the first time I'd seen him yeah since David died and I felt like it was going to be a bit weird so I went, mm. I went into the show it was like a, a live stream of the 30th anniversary of Scumdogs in the universe yeah so yeah they're playing the entirety Scumdogs in the entirety yeah. beginning to end from the tracks to a like techno song um, for good measure so I went into it prepared with a third of a bottle of wild turkey <laughs> and it was superb, it was absolutely wonderful. Did they mention David Holmes? Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. A, in the pre-show there was a lot of talk about Dave and uh, no, 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 to. and then um, they did the show and it was just magnificent, like no perfect. Yeah. It was a massive stage show, uh, Tech Instructor came back and yeah. And it's like because it's it's still because it's my first bar album. It's still my favorite bar album. Yeah. yeah. It's like you, 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 you know, it was just and yeah, it was a great show, and they are an incredible band. And then the one band who I will, you know, there's not many bands who I go on oh, definitely will see them next. Yeah, like yeah. Bad religion. Yeah. With what? Um, there's a couple of others maybe. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I'll make a certain effort to get a ticket for the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, while I was there, it always fascinated me because they always had that sort of uh, that hardcore fan base. Mm. You know that I mean hardcore kids. Yeah, yeah. like them, um, and you know hardcore and like imagery don't really go hand in hand. It's not about the imagery, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's just about the show because yeah. they assume these characters. Yeah. So they're not playing themselves; they're playing these parts. They're yeah, playing these yeah. roles. So Guar isn't like my bishop or Dave Brocky. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's Beefcake, the Mighty's Ballsack, the Jaws of Death. It's all these characters. Yeah. They're playing characters. They're yeah, playing yeah. roles and parts. And that's what makes it different because it's like schlock theatre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than anything else. The live show is just, you know, pure. Do you ever get covered in blood? And... No, I don't do that shit. I stay way back. <laughs> I know what goes on that. I'm not getting kicked over the one who ah. always gets covered in every Guar show, yeah. well, like Guar shows me too, is Glassman. <laughs> oh man, slag for it, completely <laughs> Right up front, covered in all this stuff, having the time of his life. Because <laughs> he's a massive horror hound as well. Is he really? Glassman. Oh, I didn't know he that. is, yeah. Wow. Loves horror flicks okay. and loves horror fiction. Wow, okay. Um, and one day I'll get him to actually you know, show everybody the horror novel he's written. Is he? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and it'd be good it'd be really really good because yeah. he's a great writer because everybody just thinks Ian's sort of um, like a punk rock writer yeah you know? but he has he's got a really imaginative imaginative he's, he's a great guy he's a really great writer really great pro writer too yeah, yeah. Um, I'd really like to read that um, Ian yeah. I'd really like to read that <laughs> we all Ian send it to David at Earth Island <laughs> get him to publish it Ian now Ian because <laughs> everybody wants to read your horror novel whether you want them to or not mate <laughs> but yeah Ian yeah he's cool. another Guar fan massive Guar fan and, and it's you know, probably more expected with Ian because you know, he likes yeah. a lot of metal as well but so yeah. just to finish off then where's the what's your ultimate Guar Scumdogs the Universe Scumdogs the Universe okay cool and it's just been reissued well remixed and reissued yeah by the band themselves so just cool. go to Guar.net and order the, the album because it is just Magnificent, and it really stands the test of time, too. You know, an RIP Dave, yeah, an RIP Dave. Well, see you, yeah, see you soon, Mark. See you on the other side. Yeah, well, <laughs> fuck it. Let's have another track, okay? Yeah, so if you dig the likes of Angel Dust and Turnstile, Down to Nothing, that sort of thing, you're gonna love these guys. They're from London, they're called Soulcast, and this is their new song, it's called Happy. Go check it out. Push me back and I'm 
Soulcast with Happy. Go check them out on Facebook and Bandcamp. Show them some love. Hello, everybody. This is Igor Cavalera from Pepbrick, Cavalera Conspiracy, and you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. All right, cool. Well, on that note, we'll uh, leave it there for another week. Yeah. Um, just give some shout outs as usual. Uh, NGA Records. Yeah. Um, for their support um, on the podcast. As always. Uh, RIP to Dave Brocky. Dave, wherever you are, man. Sleep well, brother. Yeah, definitely. And that is about it, I believe. Yeah. So we'll see. Goodbye. Thank you. Fuck you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Ta ta. Movement presents. Movement presents. <laughs>